welcome back to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues, a podcast brought to you by some amazing, beautiful Black women and their perspectives on the world. My name is Kylie Too Smart. I'm joined by... Sometimes V here, um, you know, mom of the pod, even though not really mom, but we do have moms here today, but you know, also queens, queens of the boom bop rap game, also the blurred rap game. We got Prowess the Testament joining us, not just this one time, not just two times, but forever time. What's up girl? Yes, I am glad and thrilled to be here. I am glad that you are here with us. A nice addition to the wonderful little army that we have here today. I'm glad to see some expansion here. Yeah. Making sure that dialogue that is created is important to be said here. So I'm glad for that. Um, So, you know, we have our segment that comes up when we started this podcast. So, um, you know, how's your week? How's your week going? We just want to just kind of deep debrief, decompress, and, you know, just kind of shout out all the good things or even the bad things that happened during our week. Oh, who wants to start? Oh, you, Paris, please. Well, if I start, I feel like it's, this week has been pretty good. Um, It's been, uh, I do fundraising, so, and my, my day job, so, you know, and when you get a lot of funds in the door, it's always a good week, and so it's been, like, I'm at beyond 162% of my budget, which is great. So I'm like, I've done all the money raising I need to do and it's just September. So everything else is a plus. So it's, it's kind of feels great. Um, oh, awesome. Wait, yeah. so are you on a, are you following the annual cal- calendar year or are you offset calendar? Annual calendar year, yeah. Oh, okay, great. No, that's amazing. Good job. Yeah, thank you. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, and it's funding for, which I love, like I just got off with the Goldman Sachs to, you know, they have this campaign for one, um, one million black women that they're trying to reach to either expand pathways for entrepreneurship and or pathways to careers and home ownership and and, and basically to, to help black women become thriving uh, sort of wage earners, um, knowing that they're right, they're usually the head of their households, that more and more black women are educated and, and, and consequently are buying more homes. So we've just got some funding in the, in the pipeline from them, which is great to help develop women's software engineering talent that is all black women. So that is like a more an abnormal thing at my job so i'm really excited about that that like i was able to cultivate and build that so yes listen i am a fan of this because i just had a conversation with somebody about how unequipped black women are in society when it comes to getting a house getting their finances in check getting loans not yes. getting loans like you know just trying to navigate life in a fair sense and so like i'm just so happy to hear that you're in a service that does that like i think we're the three like nonprofit queens right now because also kylie's in a nonprofit too yes. so like kylie like how do you feel about that oh my gosh are you kidding uh as a black woman who has <laughs> become a homeowner recently and has gone through all of the struggles of hey finding a loan finding a proper loan and then oh home insurance and then like having your appraisals and having to bring things up to standards and navigating those waters and also having people come to me as a black woman and not coming correctly and me having to actually be like hey i've done the research this is what it should be why are you quoting me something at a percentage that's like five percent when it really should be three point five like they will try you they try black women out here all day every day so like to, to 
to hear that you're doing this work and getting results is incredible. We are all about supporting Black women on this podcast. Like, yeah. snaps. Snaps, snaps, snaps all day. This makes me super happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What would what would you say is like, you know, your one key advice? You don't have to like go all into it, but like your one key advice when you like start dipping into that world, just trying to get your stu- yourself situated. Um, I would say that it is really important that you do some background research on the real estate agent that you are working with. And I mean verifying that they are actually like licensed in their field, verifying that they are someone who is trustworthy in their field. Um, And then also, you know, comparing your options when it comes to loans and comparing your options um, when it comes to like home insurance, things like that. I would just say like doing your research is, which is like the basic answer for everything, right? Do your research, but honestly, make sure that your real estate agent is someone who will really work for you and get a lawyer to um, double check and make sure that you have a two-way system, a balance of power. So you have someone else to turn to when you feel like things are not going the way you should or the way they should. What about, what about you, Paris? Um, I love that, that response on doing the research. And I feel like being nimble and flexible, like talk to each other, because I feel like, right, we talk about dating tips, we talk about hair care tips, we talk about makeup tips, but being able to discuss like financial stability and, and financial literacy, those are things we don't discuss as much. Like what income should I be making at this point? Do you know comparatively what, where I should be looking? Um, those types of things. What are the market prices? Where should I, you know, how do I, what should my credit report look like? How many, you know, things should I be taking on my credit report inquiries and those sort of things? I feel like we need to be discussing that among each other a lot more than we do. As much as we discuss like hair stuff. Oh, it's always hair. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I lock eyes with other black women in public because we're both checking out each other's hair and that's always a thing. But money, anything that has to do with money is such taboo. It's, It's absolutely crazy. Like I wish it wasn't such taboo because we miss out. We miss out on the opportunities that we could take advantage of. Um, yes. Kylie, how's your week? Speaking of taking advantage. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it is a much better now that all of the band boys are gone. <laughs> so last week, uh, my brother was in town for Blues in the Park. He killed it. It was amazing. He also oh, did nice. a fundraiser for Haiti um, out of Wave Street Studios, which is a lovely, beautiful space out here. Uh, in Monterey, and um, I believe that stream is still going, so if any, any of you guys want to check it out, um, we'll post the link later, but it, it was a really great show. All of the proceeds are going to Haiti. Like, it is something that is worth your time. It is entertaining. Um, so I was really glad to be a part of that, but also, like I said, I'm trying to get my home in order <laughs> and having literally like a band full of guys and their partners and their friends just like they ate me out of house and home like my fridge is empty i was like i just stocked it all my ice cream is gone children i have no ice cream no salads i was just like really and then they left the little locusts and they didn't restock so like it's been nice and quiet which i've been appreciating <laughs> that is oh my gosh much. versus all of the stuff that you've gone through <laughs> It's like, finally, silence, serenity, tranquility. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, that is 
Uh, yeah, and to, to to just eat your whole fridge and just be like, bye Kai, that's so inconsiderate. They should have been better about that. Should have been a little better about that, don't you think? <laughs> Two whole cartons of ice cream. Gone! <laughs> Do you think their poops are okay? Probably not. I told my brother he's going to be turning 40. I was like, hey, old man, you better, you better watch yourself. You know, watch those figures. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he smokes so much. He's got the munchies all the time. I think the only reason why he hasn't like, become like a total roly-poly is that he walks everywhere. I was like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, the walking helps. That's definitely for sure. Um, I guess my week um what did i do and such a meme with me like i don't know i keep forgetting what i do during the week and then like after it gets close to my end of sharing i'm like oh yeah i did do that (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh yeah i played a whole concert or like oh yeah i did a whole segment with like the brass I'm like, hello. Ma'am, you're always like, oh yeah, I traveled an hour and a half to perform. Or, oh, I have rehearsal. And yeah, Um, what did I do? Oh, I mean, I went to Pacifica this weekend. I met um, my partner's friends that he hasn't seen in a really long time. And, you Uh know, pre-pandemic, he didn't really get to see them that often. And then when the pandemic hit, he goes, well, guess I'm not seeing anybody. So it's kind of nice to learn when people are vaccinated and safe that they're like, yes, please come hither to our home. We are not going to fake the funk with you. We are safe people. And I hope you are safe people. Actually, you better be safe people if you're going to be coming into our house. (laughs) So uh, yeah, we had a very lovely time together. We played some video games. There is a video game I do want to recommend. If anybody has the Nintendo Switch, it's called Boomerang Foo. It's the cutest shit in the world where you are a food item and you get to kill and slice up other food items so you can be sushi what? and the ninja fruit bread and you can be you can be ice cream fighting against milk it's great and it's cute and oh. it's very competitive there is a king of the hill aspect there is kind of like a free-for-all like kind of like smash brothers aspect it's very cute I recommend anybody and also shout outs to my friend Sam and Paris. They, they're the ones who put me on it and I'm having a good time with it. So please, please, if you guys are listening, if you want another game to play, uh, Boomerang Foo is it. So yeah, um, but yeah, that was just basically how my week went. I think that's just, you know, it, it was very normal and very tame. I mean, there is things like, you know, on the horizon, such as like Mag West and Mag Fest. For those who don't know that, it's music and gaming, West Festival or Festival. So, um, Prowess is very familiar with Mag Fest, super. And I'm very familiar with Mag West just because of our regional ideas or regional places, right? So, yes. you know, it's very lucky that we get to be on this podcast and we're able to, like, you know, connect across the country because, you know, Prowess is over on the East Coast. Yes. Yeah. We're all in our homes, safe in our homes, which is great. So, um, anywho, let's go ahead and, um, you know, celebrating Black women and also non-binary people who are leaders out there. First of all, I want to dedicate this section to Prowess. You've been doing such a wonderful job, and we're also very happy that you're with us today. Um, And like all the endeavors and things that you've gone through as your experience, which, you know, is it's just kind of a given. We just want to celebrate you and also thank you for, you know, considering just being part of our group here. So thank you. Yes, thank you. This is such a warm welcome. Like, I just, 
I feel like um, we just mesh and I feel like this is such a, a good opportunity to celebrate where the growth and trajectory of black women and put a spotlight on those things that people just don't see every day or hear every day and they go, well, I didn't know, right? And so it's like now there's platforms to make you aware. Yeah. And so it's almost like now you can't say you don't know. You have chosen not to do the research, but you can't say you don't know. You, if you don't know, it's out of just choice at this point. So yeah. yes, I love this platform and I love the fact of amplifying women's voices, non-binary voices. It's so important to just the culture. Yeah, I agree. I think, especially with like me growing up and being professional settings, it's very hard to just have a professional and even like authentic relationship with other Black women because we're so like sparsed out, if that's yeah. the right term to use it. We're just so spread out that we've never been able to come together. And so now that, you know, God bless the internet, but God bless the internet that we're able to see each other and be able to recognize each other and just be like, oh, maybe I can reach out and see like, yeah. like, you know, test the temperature of like each person that you run into. I'm not saying every, any, every interaction is perfect, but I just really love the fact that it's always been good news over, over the ladder or like what media has tried to pit us against each other yes. and when yes. we can actually like you know thrive together healthily like it's just it's just uh, it's, this is also a, a great way to you know promote a different context of how women interact with each other like mm -hmm. i'm tired of the wendy williams of the world and i'm tired yeah. of like the flavor flavorness of the world even though it's satire and it's hilarious but at the same <laughs> time it's like we're we should stop with the negativity between the relationships mm -hmm. of women and especially black women like we're Absolutely. better than this and we should have light of showing that we are definitely better than this i don't know kylie yes. what do you think i mean i i feel like we are moving away from this like performative tokenism which i think mm -hmm. is kind of what happens right you work so hard to be accepted into a space and then you get into that space and then like you've done so much to navigate those waters and sometimes you feel or like it is expected that because you are in this space now that you have to present yourself a certain way and when you are the first one to open the door and that you know means that other people can walk in after you with their full authentic selves sometimes that's where we get this like crabs in a barrel mentality where they're like, oh, well, I wasn't able to express myself. But I'm seeing more and more that the women who are opening doors are fully accepting and just like ecstatic to see other Black women in their spaces being able to exist as their full and authentic selves. So seeing that like switch is um, incredible. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm really yeah. happy um, that I've had people that I've worked with um, that have allowed me to do that because I was having this conversation earlier with a friend like I show up like this everywhere I go you know what I mean I'm Kylie too smart online and I'm Kylie too smart in your face I'm Kylie too smart at work like yep. bangs and everything the shirts and everything the hair colors like the funky eyebrows that's who I am in real life and like I'm sometimes like amazed that I am able to maneuver in all of these different spaces and still be treated as professionally as I have been um, through all through all like walks of life. Um, so that's something that I really cherish and something that makes me excited to see in other black women and other women in general being able to show up as their authentic selves 
and still be bosses and still get the work done and not have anyone be like, oh, well, you're, you're unprofessional because of your makeup or you're unprofessional because of your hair or right. you're, get your hair you're just done. unprofessional because you're the way you show unprofessional. up. Because yeah. of the way you show up. Everything, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, this is definitely celebratory and like very thankful that you're here. Now, things that are not celebratory, uh, some things have arisen in the surface of the social media world, such as Black Sense. We all know what a Black Sun is. Black Sense... I don't know, Paris, what do you, what, how would you best describe a black scent? So <laughs> for me, black scents are using any AAVE, so any African-American vernacular English in any sort of way. So that could be walking into a room using some accentuated sort of uh, tone um, or using a colloquialism or something like you often hear, yes, queen, or whatever, those kinds of, that's a frequent offender. And that comes from like, oftentimes, queer culture, which is, you know, you would think would sort of know better than to sort of um, utilize the black set. But, well, clearly, it is a form of cultural appropriation. And it just is adjusting speech quality to try and um, try and accentuate your blackness when you're talking. So, hey, girlfriend. Yes, sister, like those types of things. Yes, queen. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Queen. yes. yes. That is that is one of the most uh, most frequent offenders. Any black English vernacular or ebonics of any sort. Um, yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's just something that's just kind of I notice that when people say black sin or AAVE, it's still to me when I say oh, you know, I speak, I know how to speak in AAVE. It doesn't come off naturally as me as a black woman because I grow, I grew up mm -hmm. as, as this being a cultural context of how I deliver my language. Like right. it's not like something that I can switch on and off. It's, it's, or I mean, you know, there's, there is um, code switching, but we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, it's not like one of those things where like, I chose to adapt this. This is something that I grew up with, just like, you know, how anybody has a Southern accent, how people have, you know, their regional dialects from their different countries, like, you know, people who have the Canadian accent. So it's just, yeah. it, it just comes with the language of just being Black, because that's what we are. But what I noticed is that, you know, in pop culture, which Black culture is pop culture, um, that, you know, people use it and adapt it, not not grow up with it, just adapt it to keep their pockets filled and their energies lifted. And then once they realize it's something that they don't need to use anymore because they made that break, that it's just dropped all of a sudden. And so we're seeing this come into context. Aquafina just got called out for it. Yes. Big time. And you know what I think is so funny with Aquafina is like she, her black scent is like an amalgamation. And it's like what people think black people sound like and not necessarily what black people sound like and so when i hear this i'm just like you're obviously like you obviously are not spending enough time around a like actual <laughs> black people um and b like where where does this idea of this image like why what are the components that you have chosen <laughs> to use to put this black scent together <laughs> Um, because it doesn't exist in real life. And that's another like problem that I have is just like people presenting blackness um, and it has no actual roots in blackness. I see this a lot in cultural appropriation. It's like minstrelism, isn't it? 
Oh, minstrelism, samboism. All of it, yeah. All of it. I mean, it makes me think of Balenciaga with those guys. Gosh darn sagging pants. Um, it's it's oh, yeah, with the boxers. Yes, that are like oh, thousands of dollars. Have you guys seen those where like the boxers they were so terrible. into the pants? Yes, they look awful. <laughs> they look like utter trash. Um, but anyway, I so like this is um some of the problems that I have with black sense. Um, is yes. just there is no one black accent. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's what mm-hmm. yeah. It makes it makes me feel in some ways like it's this like incessant need to make us invisible. You know, it's just just continuously because, like you said, very menstrualcy, but it also with the clothing um, and gestures that can also be right. Like just as much as like the black scent is vocalized, it's also expressed in that clothing and your artifacts and gestures. And so if you've got like I maybe. Um, people saw the Jake Paul uh, with him with like the seven, eight, like gold rope chains on the Cuban links and stuff like wearing that. And what is that representing? Like, where did you, did anybody dress like that where you're from? No. Where did you learn that? Um, it's like Melody's most wanted. This can't be the way that we are. Um, and, you know, Tyron, Woodley brought it out, but even though he did lose in the end, he's like, listen, I'm from, you know, I'm from, uh, from, uh, help me out, uh, Ferguson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for him, right, Tyrone Woodley is like, this is very authentic for me. I'm from, from Ferguson, Missouri. So the way that you're dressed, I know that you don't know anything about that. Um, yeah. The way that you wear your hair, even, right? It's like being able to say it's the cornrow thing. It's like, okay, no, those are Bo Derek braids or whatever people want to call it when Kim K was wearing it. <laughs> I was like, girl, can you like get your nose out of the sauce? Like, stop trying <laughs> so hard. You and your sisters. Yes, for that oldest one that I keep forgetting the name that starts with another K. I just don't care. I I don't care about that family, (laughs) especially with the whole like, you know, I think it's weird. And this is also extension of like romance where there's like this obsession, you know, we all know this, but like the obsession of dating black women or black men. That's like, it's not even really a I'm in love with them. It's it's more of like I got them. Like it's like yeah. they're my like I, they're an accessory now. I'm riding big black dick. Like it's this whole yes. like generalization. Like I'm I a winner, and now culture. that I have it, I have the black mm-hmm. scent card, and I can do anything that I want to make it look like black fishing. Like I can do whatever I want with it, and that's right. what we get from the like the Kardashians who like mm-hmm. enable that behavior. Um, and then you have like other women out there who like you know stereotypes with like you know with asian women who date black men they're like you know you know i'm from i'm from this region and i know i i'm gonna have all these babies with this black man and act like a black woman i'm like but what is a black woman what is a black woman why are you pretending that you can make cornbread all of a sudden why are you pretending that you can make red beans and rice all of a sudden you don't know about anything about collard greens stay in your lane like why are we pretending what's wrong with staying in your lane ladies what is that What's this obsession with having Blasian babies? What's this obsession with having mixed babies for the white women who are going after these black men? It's just, 
it's just this weird weird tokenism but also like trophyism like that people have yes. with their romantic partners like if i were to venture into that world that it's like no black women don't hate the way that people date we hate the way that we are seen and also the way that it's materialized mm -hmm. that's what we don't like yes and so and it's the same thing with this black sun thing like we're a material source not really seen as people like we're disposable we're just disposable as a way to decorate your talent like mm -hmm. it's cool like yeah <laughs> like just using it when it's convenient it's just so what gave me pride and joy was seeing like you know celebrities celebrities get called out for it being like uh, i don't i don't know what you're talking about i mm -mm. like you know for example aquafina got called out for it now that aquafina made her big break um who else got called out for it? i think katie perry got called out for a few times yes. i'm sure got called out miley cyrus i think what's weird is aquafina i think turned the camera to Miley Cyrus, like brought her up as a excuse or um, relational. It was like, okay, we know Miley Cyrus, but if that's your if girl, if that's it, no. Well, <laughs> it's definitely the same thing with like, oh, well, I saw her jump off a bridge. I thought it was a good idea too. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna jump off that bridge and say that it's okay to act like black people. Even though black people are not just a blanket term, it we're, we're versatile people too. Like it's not just one way and that's it. And then also for them to carry this as a way as to their advantage when this has always been our disadvantage. I was gonna say, that's really the part that gets to me, right? Especially if I think of um, women like the Catch Me Outside girl who took a black scent, took a black persona mm -hmm. and created a career out of it. But then you'll yeah. have other up and coming artists who sound authentically like that because that's just how they've grown up and they will be shunned and said that you know they're too ratchet they're uneducated um you know they're not talented or they just don't sound good or they don't look good or they look cheap um and so to downgrade or degrade a black woman for existing in her authentic self and yet to elevate a white woman or any other race who is literally just copying and pasting without the talent, without, you know, any of the background. They, it's, it's not something that is new. It is something that we have been um, fighting against for a long, 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 long time. I'm just glad we are now at a stage where we can immediately say, hey, this is not you. This is not what you sound like in real life. And like we don't want it. I think more and more people are moving towards people uh -huh. who don't sound as polished, people who um, are showing up in their real selves, um, yep. people who are indie artists, people who are not being so packaged um, in their delivery. So, uh -huh. yes, yeah. black sense. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that kills me is like also you know I understand like for example like I know that there is a slew of people who've like grown up in Oakland that are not black, but have had probably had the same very upbringing because they probably had a lot of black neighbors. They went to schools with the majority of black kids and they just mm -hmm. somehow picked it up as a language. I totally get that. However, what I don't get is like the, the lack of diligence of supporting black lives when it matters the most, especially when there's like surgeons of, you know, of, of like protests are happening that those same people grow silent. 
And so, you know, if you want to adapt something that you feel inspired by from black culture, fine, but make sure that there's a way to show appreciation and not appropriation, which is like the biggest line that we need to make sure we find a balance in. Like I, if you like grills, if you like the chains because you feel like that's a stem from black culture or that's something that appeals to you, great, but recognize where that comes from. And then also be present from those things that inspire you. Don't pretend that they don't exist. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be like an apologist saying like, it's okay. But like, I also don't want to be like, you know, disregard the people like who I've known who've grown up around like black people and like have Mm -hmm. adapted the style because of what they grew up with too. And that, you know, these are like rap artists, like, you know, like say a name, like Mac Miller, you know, like who was a beautiful artist. Like, I really love the fact that he had a beautiful relationship with Thundercat. Like he really appreciated jazz. He understood music and textures and showed an appreciation for it and still kind of had like the hood style, but never made it seem like he was an appropriationist. Like he was definitely just appreciating the art. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the biggest difference where it's like, Katy Perry doing that like dark horse song, which sucks because I actually like that song and then I hated the music video. I hated the music video. That's when, you know, the the um reels and the TikToks with the with the um the voices built in, you know, that you can pick and choose like these these things to be able to vocalize or, or mimic or mime or whatever. And it's when people are putting in stuff and they're like, sis, we've been new, carry on. You know, it's, and, and you see people doing that because they're creating a reel and they're trying to attach themselves to this like viral chain. And yet it gets hard because I'm like, I've even heard them doing like African indigenous accents, like Nigerian accents and and it's just like this blonde, blue, blue-eyed woman. And it's just like, now you know damn well. You know? <laughs> uh, and then also what gets me about that is the content creators, the originators for these uh, like sounds and the people yep. who originally are coming with the dances, these black creators, for some reason, cannot get followers. They don't get pushed. They don't get you know, mm-hmm. the chance, the opportunity to go viral because of the algorithm. Everybody likes to blame the algorithm, right? And yet you'll have somebody who just comes up and they're like, I don't know why, it's just the algorithm. And I was like, well, you're yep. thin, you're white, you're a girl, or I'll mm-hmm. say you're a young woman, you're sh- dressing a certain way, using certain sounds that are Black, using Black dances. Yep. And all of a sudden now you're more palatable and all of a sudden you're more marketable and we can take you to the top, honey, and we can just push you through everything. Don't get me started on this. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Everybody knows. Yeah. I, I still enjoy the videos from when like Black TikTok took a break and it was just... <laughs> all these people trying to come up with their own dances and they were all trash. Oh my gosh, everything. Everything was, they were just like, um. And with the day that they did the Twitch blackout, like, the what was left streaming was like, mm-mm, this is no flavor at all. You were just watching people literally play a game, not talking to the audience, 
they don't know how to engage right like it's just like yeah this is my black creators and black streamers are important content created from our lens no yeah we need that <laughs> excuse me sir i ordered a caesar salad and it's just leaves that's <laughs> just i can't i can't get over it like it still boggles me that there will be an actual creator of things and then someone come along and literally just copy what they did and then they get famous i'm like but yeah i do appreciate that there is a side of twitter where like if someone steals it someone's like ha nice joke but someone did it first and they'll share the original joke in the thread and everyone's like Ooh! you know just <laughs> good <laughs> oh, it's great all right so moving along um nerdy and dirty i picked this because you know kylie is looking mighty fine over there looking mighty mm -hmm. fine and ready to bite you draw some blood <laughs> the true blood queen of monterey peninsula we got <laughs> kylie too smart vampirism and sexuality mm -hmm. oh yes but also it is a bipoc vamp day so this is like the perfect time to be doing this episode um i don't know what do you think about the dynamic of having a vampire like what is what does a vampire mean to you who do you think of are you thinking Anne rice vampires do you think of twilight do you think vampire in brooklyn like what is your idea of a vampire and do you think it's sexy i'm gonna pass the torch over to prowess to answer first if you don't mind <laughs> so so interestingly enough right i feel like black vampirism and like Black Fay Day that took place, like the, the idea around Black folklorism and sort of Blackness in the fantasy realm is such an interesting space. Because that's one thing um, that we have not seen enough of those visuals in the mainstream and on screen. Um, there just simply is never enough. And us in supernatural spaces are just never enough. And I feel like the act of sort of suppressing our voices and our and our visuals and sort of in those spaces and books and movies and tv video games whatever that might be in those creative spaces i feel like it's such a a lack of due diligence because we all know how diverse like vampires i feel like one of the greatest things about them that they are timeless that they are sexy that they are supposed to really be the hyper sort of hyper um strength and hyper sexual sexuality and all of these great things about them that is that is highlighted in folklore that black people just emanate with <laughs> like we should be seen in those spaces i think it's interesting because um just bipoc as a community um we folklore and and supernatural spaces are I feel like something that we struggle with as a community, right? Like kind of trying to, it kind of, there tends to be, and I feel like it's a historic thing and it might be a geographic thing, but sometimes where you're raised and how you're raised, there's such a importance or um, emphasis on spirituality and and religion. And that those kinds of things, those, those supernatural and, and kind of uh, spaces are sort of an antithesis of that. And so sometimes that's why we um, 
why we as a community struggle with it, right? It's like, oh, I'm not into the vampire thing, girl. Like, I don't do the supernatural thing. And it's like, but you do, you celebrate that in other ways, right? But you, every time you go to sage your house or you go to, you know, use Palo Santo or whatever that might be for you, it's still some sort of a supernatural clause around it. It may not be you dressing up as a fae, but it's the same, it's, it's just you materializing that in a different way. So the judgment, I feel like, from our own community is one of the reasons why there tends to not be visibility there. But, um, you know, I love me a vampire and I love me a vamp movie. I am like, I'm a Twilight girl all the way to a True Blood girl. Like, I'm a, you know, vampire um, just fan. I think like, you know, like I, I feel like the timelessness and the immoralness, I'm like, who doesn't love, you know, Queen of the Damned and like, that um, being, I feel like, uh, a space that, like, Aaliyah completely owned with, like, the sexuality and bodily autonomy that vampirism kind of gives us. It's also, like, feminism. Uh, she kind of, it's like that reclamation of empowerment to be able to, you know, build that confidence and fully embrace ourselves and our entire existence, whether you're, you know, in the supernatural or not. So anyway, that was long, but yes. <laughs> no, it's all good. Queen of the Damned because I was like, oh, sparking my early bi panic. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're like early bi panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. When I was like young, I was very fascinated with vampires. I used to read yeah. like the Anne Rice novels thinking mm -hmm. like I was into it, but it was, they were boring as hell. <laughs> Because they were long, and, like, I always had this, like, um, what was it? Every time I saw a long chapter book that was just words, no pictures, I'm always, like, I have to go through this, and I have to use my imagination. And so I would read the Anne Rice books just to feel cool, and then uh -huh. I'm, like, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. It's all fancy language, but is there more biting and more sex in here? Like, this is <laughs> I want someone to chew on my neck and call me that I'm beautiful or tell me that I'm beautiful and that I am the queen of the internal universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the whole like entrancement of like vampires was like, like was crazy. Cause it's like, not only it's like you're a person of the night, but you're like mysterious and dark mm -hmm. and like, you know, your words come out super soft and they touch you all the right ways and they say all the right things. Like that was kind of like the weird sexuality context for me as a kid, just being like, I shouldn't be thinking about this at the age of 13, but here I am in the library trying to chat, like take out all the books about vampires. Now don't get me wrong. <laughs> I wasn't reading, trying to read all those like weird, like teen stories. Like, you know, those stories where it's like, my teacher was a vampire. No, I wasn't reading any of that corny shit, but like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was trying to read all the sultry stuff. Um, the yeah. sultry stuff. But yeah, yeah I, I think, think but, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say vampirism also allows you to be dominant without being masculine necessarily, mm -hmm. which I think is also very appealing right because you have this submissive um aspect to it you have this like domineering aspect but there is a softness i mm. feel to a lot of the seduction that goes on with being um a vampire right it, it yeah. is supposed to be like you want to give yourself you want to submit um but it's not necessarily always like 
an aggressive power move. Mm-hmm. It's like being powerful without even having to say that, like, I'm going to dominate you. Like, no, like you're gonna come to me and you already know that you're coming to me willingly. Oh. And you're giving me your neck. Those were always the stories that I liked. I was that, never into like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it was definitely more like instead of pushing the girl to the bed, it's more like, no, you're gonna sit down. Mm. You're gonna hear what I have to say. And I'm like, (laughs) even the idea, the premise of like the the one of being like invited in, you know, like the the sort of the the rules around vampirism that tend to, I mean, depending on which which uh, medium you're looking at could be very different. It's like in one movie, you know, you, uh, uh, the sun melts you, the other one, you glisten like diamonds. It all just depends on <laughs> which folklore pathway you go. But I think there's, it's interesting to me, I've always thought about like vampires tend to be gender fluid and there's not so much like cisgenderness in vampirism, which I really love the fact that like that has for me, at least, been interesting of a of a pathway that I've noticed in all of the like, you know, it's it's in all of the uh, the actors and and um, that portray. It's like a feminine spectrum that you're on, and I I just love that. Um, yeah. I absolutely, I yeah, I definitely agree. Like, there is some sort of like gender fluidity, like mm-hmm. embracing your femininity in in advantage of your masculinity, like. It's 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 definitely like a, a nice tango. It's a nice smooth whiskey drink, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> like it's nice and smooth. It's crazy. I it's I don't know. I was thinking about like one of the first shows I watched. Well, not one of the first, but one of the my favorite shows I watched that wasn't very like, you know, black centric when it comes to vampirism, but it was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like my biggest yep. vampire crush was David Boreanaz as Angel. Like, oh, David Boreanaz. Yeah, I loved him as Angel and I still love him till this day as Angel. Like he was my biggest crush. I'm like, oh, he's so yeah. gentle and just like tries to keep the anger in him. Like, you know, just, you know, what suppressed is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, suppressed without trying to like, you know, hurt Buffy. And I'm like, oh, I was totally a Spike simp. Like, James Marsters, come get me any day now, please. Yeah. Uh, Spike was my everything. Leather long coat. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like you go back and forth depending on, like, I've seen recently how people were like, actually, Spike was the better fix because he really encouraged, like, Buffy to be strong and a force and, like, was validated that versus kind of Angel that kind of, I guess it was more like a, um, the kind of classical, I guess, relationship that it wasn't so much like these equals. But I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I was looking at it for that. It's like you're looking at like who's hotter. <laughs> yeah, okay, but Spike went and got his soul for her. Okay, yes. and even before he was a vampire, like Spike in his human days when he was William, just like the soft, tender poet boy that he was before he got turned into like this soulless monster but even as a soulless monster the reason why he went so far the other way was just like try and prove himself to other vampires he was always still like a very um like human vampire still of the world cared about music cared about culture cared about relationships i love spike to death character development for like the wazoo you want to talk about like 
why I'm obsessed with vampires? Yes, yes. Like, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. What was your guys' take on when Blade came out? Like, <laughs> I was excited. One, I was excited because I was really happy that, like, Marvel was bringing this to screen. Um, and I feel like there were so many fans of the comic that you just kind of like, it, it had become like, it wasn't any longer like a, a minor character. It was like Blade was, Eric Brooks, such an important character um, to bring to screen, to the big screen. Um, and then Wesley Snipes, cause he just made that role iconic. And then like, you also have like these two strong, like black women in that in that film too with uh you know with Sonali with Sonali Finn and Nabushi Wright and like it was I feel like that was beautiful the way that Marvel brought that out. I feel like it wasn't as um people weren't looking at I feel like race as much as they are now navigating like all of the different complexities of of seeing us in different spaces. And so those characters kind of went by the wayside, right? Like people don't remember Sonali and Nabushi right as much, unless you're like a, a dedicated fan, like like Kylie. But like so many people, like, like you probably you probably celebrate, but so many people are like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact of like, yeah, there's like Dr. Karen Jensen is you know a black woman vampire who was a doctor, and then like Vanessa who you know gave birth to to Blade. So it's just I feel like the whole idea of it. To me, like it was underplayed and undervalued. Like that needs to be, we, we need that more. We need to see that again. We need to have more black women in, in vampire spaces. And, and so I'm glad that today is a celebration for BIPOC um, vampires because it's just like, listen, we need to change the narrative at this point. Like we have been in folklore. In supernatural culture in our entire lives it is our pathway it is our origin like you know what i mean this is a, way it's indigenous to christianity it. like you know exactly. what i mean way before exactly. we even got christianity we've been doing this um yeah. and just just to touch back on blade so v because i grew up with your cousins <laughs> it was a staple like i remember a period of time where it's like almost every day for about three months after school we would come home, we would watch Queen of the Damned, we would watch Blade. And it was just like, that's that's what we did all day, every day. And then also like, it resonated with me so personally because the idea of being a daywalker and the idea of being singular and the idea of also like being othered, I truly resonated with that in this area. This is a predominantly white area, predominantly like wealthy areas, like all these things that I'm not, and I'm walking through these spaces and I'm feeling very much like the daywalker and just yeah. being able to have somebody on screen who was other, but was still like, yeah, I'm othered, but I'm still stronger than you because of my otherness. Yeah. Come through black power. Hello. 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 Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's also getting kind of interesting because I feel like the idea, at least from so many of the like, even True Blood kind of did this where you have like Eric, can't remember Eric's last name, but but like the Norseman Scandinavian kind of a like genealogy or whatever that is attached to it because of like the old, you know, idea around like Dracula and his origins and that kind of thing and like the Bram Stoker, you know, we're no longer Bram Stoker, Transylvania, Dracula, you know what I mean? And so 
now we've we've progressed through folklore and history to the point where like how could this have not been like like i said this is indigenous to black folks yeah. So we all know that like we were we were in these spaces and we need to get back into the public domain. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Again. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like I don't have anything up in the top of my brain, but like I'm sure if whoever's listening, if you guys know of any like folklore of like vampire related stories with, you know, black or African culture, like just let us know in the comments. Let us know like in passing, like, hey, so I heard you talk about vampires. So there's this one, there's this one story that you guys should be aware about, you know, that has nothing to do with no, actually has everything to do with vampires. Just tell us. Just tell us. I don't care how you have to render around it like I just did. Because <laughs> but please, 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 like let us know. Cause yeah, like I I know that there are stories. I just don't know what the stories are exactly. Um but yeah, I think I think there are definitely some like, you know, folklore things out there as well. Mm -hmm. So um yeah, I mean, other than that, I think my one time that I had a hard time staying immersed with the vampire story was, you know, watching the vampire in Brooklyn as a kid because <laughs> I'm so used to seeing Eddie Murphy be the funny guy that like <laughs> seeing him being like a sexy, sultry man who gets Angela Bassett. I was like <laughs> Is this, is this vampire abridged? Like, <laughs> do you guys even remember that movie? <laughs> yes. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites to like go back and watch because it showcase to me, it is kind of what I mean about the like supernatural thing in a urban setting where it's like oh we don't be messing with no vampires and that was kind of the reaction to it, it was like Kadeem Hardison and Don Witherspoon and there the, the comedian like comedian part around it was so funny just the, the relation to it like I seen this big ass dog I don't know what and then he came out and it was a wolf and then turned and, <laughs> and it is like it is what it is this kind of idea around just supernatural beings in an urban setting like you know for for years we we've been talking about that and it was again like the bram stoker kind of a vamp you know it was much more like kind of like eddie murphy brought like this coolness to it so it was interesting to see him in it but i love angela Bassett. like she was just you know oh just she's such a like queen i just can't i stand her so. she might be a vampire have you seen her age no i haven't she has haven't not seen aged. it what's aging she doesn't age i'm like look the wax figure is just like how how is it even possible it looks it looks like she looks younger than the wax figure i'm just like i can't with you <laughs> she looks younger than she did like 10 years ago yeah she's been drinking blood i'm telling you <laughs> She's part of the folklore. That is our queen. That is our queen that is damned right there. So real, real. <laughs> hot, 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 hot. Oh my gosh. So just nerdy talk, putting that to a close. Again, if anybody has any comments about our vampy vampness here, please let us know in the comments. Um, so TikTok award for just nerdy. Now, just nerdy, we we're a little bit loose based. We're gonna do a little bit of pop culture with just nerdy just for this for today. Maybe it might be brought up again in another time for like the pop culture segment, but let's just get into it. So VMAs happen 
MTV Music Video Awards, which is cool, normal thing. Like, I typically don't really pay attention to it because I'm like, ah, oh, yes, a very talented, rich person got another award. Wonderful. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I don't really care about awards because whatever I see throughout the year is what I enjoy. Like, you know, Meg The Stallion's WAP as well as Meg The Stallion's, um, what was that? Oh, no, Thought Shit. I love Thought yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. my God. So I'm like, whether she got an award or not, I don't care. It's so good. But... I guess they're doing TikTok awards now. Did you guys hear about this? Yes. And Lizzo is has received this award as she deserves because it's Lizzo. We love Lizzo here. Yes. But exactly. it could have been, I, as an opinion, an unpopular opinion, I wish she would have gotten an award that was different than the one that she received. She got a TikTok, a VMA TikTok award for the one, for the video where she was trying watermelon with mustard. And for me, that's problematic because she's had so many other iconic TikTok videos of her being like, (laughs) bye bitch. And all these other videos that she's done throughout her course of like, you know, doing all these reels and stuff, but they pick the watermelon eating one. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Seems a little sketch to me. Did we not have like an iconic election where she came out with like these crazy yes. outfits and creatively like got people to vote and like come out and did something that had some real ramifications in the world? I just I just don't like it because they picked a black woman eating watermelon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that's my problem with it. She has all of these other creative things that she yeah. has done. And what? Yeah. What in the reductive bullshit is this? Exactly. I agree. I'm like, listen, I mean, and someone who is, I think, trying to strive to remove herself from that, that isn't the, I feel like she probably would not be thrilled. But of course, she's gracious, and she's brilliant. And she's going to, I feel like she's going to utilize this in some way, because she's so smart about giving a wink of sarcasm and being able to do it in like a, in a comedic and like, interesting way. So I'm sure she's going to be like, now y'all know, yeah she's absolutely queen bounce back like and if any, if anything she is definitely like rubber anything that people throw at her it's gonna bounce right off like i really do appreciate that about her um even when she has her very vulnerable and emotional tiktoks it doesn't matter or instagram lives it really doesn't matter because she's just this she's just very strong and very um you know, I don't like using this word, but she's a resilient against the bullshit, like definitely resilient against the bullshit. So like, yeah. I just wish that they would have been more mindful over the content that they were giving her a word about, because it's like, first of all, we're already fighting this generalization, generalization as black women, especially plus size black women over yes. the amount of feedback we receive about people watching us eat. Now yes. we deserve to eat food. We deserve to eat food we deserve to eat whatever the fuck we want. However, there's a difference between when we're eating, when we're big versus looking like Saweetie, eating like shit. And like, you know, you get to see the differences of treatment where if you see a big woman eat, whether if it's healthy or not, there's going to be some fat phobic shit that happens out there. Whereas if you watch Saweetie eat some like, you know, garbage trash can, everyone's like, Ooh, I love a woman who can eat some trash. Like, you know, it's like, exactly. Could you imagine if Lizzo had her happy meal at McDonald's 
if instead of the sweetie meal you had your Lizzo meal at oh it, like, people would lose their shit. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be or the, those ranch crocs or whatever, like anything related to food. Um, and the fact that like I feel like people still challenge the the notion that Lizzo is even like first of all extremely fit, extremely you know extremely like active and yeah and she also is a vegan so Girl, Liz will be kicking ass yeah but treat Lizzo with the respect that she deserves right like they should I feel like the the public tends to view her through a really narrow lens already so hopefully I feel like there's something coming out of this that she's going to be like oh <laughs> I got y'all in MTV I'm gonna get y'all <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, that's what I feel about is like, she's extremely fit. I've seen her do shows literally less than 20, less than two feet in front of me because this, I used to go to her shows before she like, you know, got famous, famous. Yeah. And yeah. like, she would do these shows, sweat, work her ass off. And then she would still be talking at us. Like she didn't do anything. Like, I'm like, yep. how are you going to be bouncing around like that with your dancers? And then you're going to be talking at, at us. Like you just woke up, like, excuse me. She'd be like, yeah. yeah, girl, like you better go sing. You better go sing my verse. And then like, we would sing her verse. And then she's talking at us, not even out of breath, not even huffy puffy. Meanwhile, you got all these like other skinny little girls who are like on the stage. Don't get me wrong. They can be skinny. They can be fit. They look fine as hell, but they barely move. They're just walking yeah. around, not really doing much. They're just being, you know, visibly seen. Yeah. No work, nothing. And then, like, sometimes they, don't, they sometimes only do maybe even, like, 20-minute sets, and they bounce. Like, that's yeah. enough for me. So, like, yeah. people need to realize the dichotomy of performance and understand, like, the work that's being done with the performance that is happening. Instead of just, like, you know, body shaming, actually judge what the performance is giving you, you mm -hmm. know? So that's another thing that, like, drives me nuts about people who are just so anti-Lizzo. It's like, no, you guys don't understand her spirit, because her spirit is out more than 100 all the time. Absolutely, yes. Um, so there's that thing with the food thing and the fit thing. Now, the other thing is the watermelon thing. Mm. I'm tired of the watermelon thing for Black people. Now, don't get me wrong. Watermelon's delicious. It is. And I know it was a troll for her to be like, wait a minute. And she's like, I don't understand, like pours the mustard on it and tries it. And like, first of all, let's just be real here about the food thing. Watermelon has a lot of vitamins, very sweet, not a lot of calories. Mustard, literally not a lot of calories, less than 10, I think, zero mm -hmm. carbs very healthy for you. So like, there's nothing wrong with putting those two combinations together. I tried it. Tastes like a detox drink, would not do again. But aside from looking at watermelon like that, you also are like, wait a minute, this is a black woman winning an award for eating watermelon. This is a black woman winning an award for eating watermelon. Black people, watermelon, which is a generalization. And that hits us in the face as like a stereotype, a dangerous stereotype at, la at that about black people. And so yeah. I'm just like, they could have picked something else. They could have picked her flute playing with Meg the Stallion twerking to her flute playing. They didn't. Yeah. They, like Kylie said, they could have picked her political campaigns. They didn't. Yes. They could have even picked her shaking her ass at an LA what was it? Was it LA Lakers game? Golden State? I don't give a shit. At a game, they could have picked that. <laughs> so much black for that. <laughs> but they picked the watermelon one, and I'm just like, why? why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And again, unpopular opinion, because again, she's whipping it together as a positive, and I'm glad she won an award. Like no one, I think this is the first award for people who are doing TikTok, right? So inaugural wise, this is great. Concept wise, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, who voted? Yeah. Who voted for racist tropes? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I can vent all day about this, but um, we can move along and not harp on this anymore. I just, I just, I love seeing Lizzo win. I love seeing her win. Um, but I hope the the choosing of the reasons why she wins it just improves beyond this because she's already. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think she's ever like. I think the funniest hiccup that she had was when she had that um that uh, Postmates f up and she like embarrassed the Postmates oh, delivery. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then she got in trouble for that, and she's like, "Ooh, my bad. I'll be careful next time." And then since then, she's never fucked up. <laughs> No, she got, I think that was like, oh, that was just like not realizing her power too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving along, um, Little Nas X, Kylie's main, releasing an album. You want to chat about that? He gave birth, baby. He, he did. Birth he did an album. Birth. It's a stunner. Yo, so many people were mad. Like, and Lil Boosie is not the father. <laughs> Lil Bo- oh, Lil Boosie. Lil Boosie is definitely not the father. Okay. Um, people were mad about the snake belly. People were so upset. People were just like, Nindo, get pregnant. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, um, I did see the pregnancy photo, and I'm like, what? I'm like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he did a, like, he did a series of them. They were really entertaining. Um, I was just, I had a ball. I had a laugh. Uh, I don't know why people are so seriously, like, hurt by this. Um, the only other thing that really I could see with this was there was some controversy uh, with another artist who happened to be a trans artist who you know, accused Lil Nas X of like stealing her concept. And she was like, I was also like pregnant for my album debut. And I was like, okay, yeah, like you guys, you're in a creative space all together, but none of these ideas, none of these concepts are original. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not the only one, like uh, uh, our memories are so short, but you're not the only one to come up pregnant for your album. like birthing this new release. And I think that Lil Nas X handles this type of criticism so well and this type of backlash so well that it just like fuels him to create even grander things that will just piss you off further because you're mad for no reason. You're mad because he's gay and black and happy. Like really, Mm -hmm. that's all you're mad about. He's gay, black, happy and successful, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just love to see him continue to win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Nikki has to win. Well, go, go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, nah, I just, I think he just finds new ways to troll. I think he just kind of reminds <laughs> me of like Tyler, the creator a little bit where it's like uh-huh. anything that hits him, it do- it just doesn't. He's just behind Peck. Like he's just basically a, a human boy behind pe- plexiglass. Whenever someone throws an insult, he's like, oh, did I hear something? Did <laughs> <You know? laughs> someone mention me? Oh, okay. Please keep the drama. <laughs> I feel like the way that he just elegantly claps back and and just 
just continues to remain like in his brilliant joy just fires people up even more because ultimately the question becomes like if you don't like it why are you bothering to watch me engage with me connect with me like you can look elsewhere and i love the fact that he just handles people like that like i never understand that like you are i i didn't ask you to come over here like you in my business like if you don't want this the universe can find something else for you to do but this is what i'm gonna do and i love the fact that he's like listen i mean you can suspend disbelief enough to believe the immaculate conception but you can't suspend disbelief enough to believe like a black man could be pregnant like girl bye i don't want to hear that like you know the supernatural stuff with 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 our community sometimes yeah just the fact that people don't want to honor him as a creator you know what i mean like uh i think it was the vmas when he had that like luxurious lavender outfit that was like pretty stunning on point pants suit dress on the side high collar giving you high fashion baby and you people you people some of these reporters go up to him and then don't want to talk about the outfit and then when they do talk about the outfit you want to throw shade why did you even approach why and i know we have seen these outfits on prince before we have seen these outfits on little richie before we have seen these outfits on some incredible black artists and we and hip-hop artists artists. and it's just like yo (laughs) this is part of the game like you're not gonna slight him for excelling in the game Mm -hmm. yeah you want to what exactly and i feel like him getting the reproach of everybody kind of well you're you're contributing to this agenda and and i i'm i I, i'm sorry to say like i hate this agenda i hate the word hashtag kill that (laughs) kill that noise with the agenda because people are going to be who they want to be and mm-hmm. to try and, and create some narrative around like there has to be an agenda to effeminize black men because like black men existing in their whole self and their truth is not effeminizing it's not an agenda it's just well, i mean no one likes a hyper masculine black man either so it's no, like damn if you did that no. yeah like no one like likes it, it. we don't like the hotepery we don't like that don't shit like we'd rather have the femininity really like, exactly like the hyper masculinity has never gotten us anywhere doesn't make us women feel good doesn't make partners feel good doesn't make you look good like let's be open-minded here mm-hmm. and, and think beyond the box let's think beyond the church box let's think think beyond the box that your daddy has taught you like yeah like let people be themselves <laughs> also for me it's like there are outfits that people will categorize as feminine and you're like but why there are so many other cultures in which it's perfectly acceptable for men to wear ropes for men to wear skirts for men to wear these garments that are are loose that are not tailored that are not pants that have nothing to do with determining their like masculinity or femininity like it's literally clothing it's a wraparound, it covers their body, it's fashion, and it, it's yep. not necessarily something that has to be masculine or something that has to be feminine. So again, like getting away from these Eurocentric ideals, getting away from yep. just like connect with your roots, people, mm-hmm. do some more research, look at some more culture, look at some more fashion, um, and just broaden your scope because some of the things that people are coming with is just 
the only reason for it is literally like you just haven't looked outside of America <laughs> exactly. ever and even haven't even really looked inside of America because hello like all those cultures are here but you only again want to recognize like white European culture we're done with it but it's acceptable to wear kilts y'all stop playing with me and you, and, and with me. as a mom i feel like people have said to me these things like my neighbors or people have said, but how do you what do you tell your kids and i'm like you know my son knows so much about uh sexuality and gender identity he know he can tell you what a lesbian what a bisexual he can tell you all the different identities of, of queerness like he and he's 11 or he just turned mm -hmm. 11 like kids are smart and like, you know, the, the idea around like, and he knows that he gets to make his choice of whatever you want to do in your life. You do what makes you happy, right? Like it's about loving yourself, mm -hmm. not being able to say, I'm trying to please this external world. Like I'm just happy in my joy and whatever that is. It isn't like a thing of, you know, he has teachers who are mixed be because they're not actually a gender identity and he just yeah. rolls with it it's like mixed b is a dinosaur what are you talking about like you need to get you some you know that's what he tells my neighbor like i'm sorry you don't have a mix at your school but uh i have one in mine so you know <laughs> like yeah. the kids, it's like kids are so smart and brilliant and they're able to understand gender identity in such a different way than i feel like even my age group they're like you just were given these very binary kind of things you know yeah, no, and it's all built by like patriarchal ideals, right? So like mm -hmm. the reason why everyone's so like, oh, I can't think beyond the box is because of the fact that they're so brainwashed with tradition. Like it's just, it's like one of those things, like if you want to be able to love others the way that people deserve to be loved, you need to be accepting about what different forms that people come in. And like teaching yeah. children this early, they get it early. The reason yep. why they feel so apprehensive to maybe approach a different way of thinking is because of what parents instill in them like yes. and that's the that's the foundation i'm not saying that's something that has to continue in the in the household or continue past the household i'm not saying that but what i'm saying right. is that there's always a foundation that is built and mm -hmm. so and who, the people that they surround themselves by and like yes. how much restriction that they have growing up trust like I'm not saying like this happened to me growing up, but I have heard a lot of like homophobic, homophobic comments from people that I looked up to being like, wow, these are the people I'm supposed to love the most. And yet they're not open about loving other people. They're just so caught up in their differences, caught up and not in like massage noir. Like it's just, uh, it's just so, it's just so sad. And I think with the patriarchal ideas, it's supposed to control what people yes. are supposed to do control people's roles when really like we're not those type of people anymore we get to express who however the way that we want to express exactly yeah and also what's funny about that is like now there's less of a hold of people getting in trouble because like you know if someone wants to be a jerk you you can technically just be disassociated from people and then you become just a miserable mess like that's something that i also <laughs> noticed too so like the more you keep acting up and trying to instill like some weird influence that doesn't fit with the world anymore, you just become more distant with other people. And I'm talking about mm -hmm. a lot of the type of men who thinks it's okay to tell what a woman, what is okay for a woman to wear or what is okay for a yep. woman to do or what is okay for a man to do when the, a man is just minding his own business, doing what mm -hmm. he feels is best for their life, you know? So it's, uh, ugh. I just get so, <laughs> 
so mad when there's like all these gender roles when I'm like, okay, well, gender is no longer binary, never has been, but um, we're just going to keep it going. So um, yeah, so I am proud of Lil Nas X. Like, I'm glad that he's always just keep on trucking and like, he just lets the haters hate. Um, So, (laughs) and you know what? Not only does he let the haters hate, but he spreads the love where love is due. I had mentioned earlier that, you know, there were a few artists that had come forward um, expressing concern about, hey, like, I feel like you copied my work. And he reached out to those people. Like, uh, I remember oh, there was the controversy with like FKA Twigs, um, where they were like, oh, that video was similar because she was sliding down her stripper pole, you were sliding down your stripper pole. Yep. And he was like, hey, we can all slide down stripper poles, can't we? And he was like, I love that video. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. The aesthetics were great. And like she returned it and she was like, your video was gorgeous. The aesthetics are great as well. You know what I mean? And so he recognizes when um, thematically creativity, like creativity is, you know, not something that is singular. And he recognizes that. And pop culture is not something that's singular. And he recognizes that. And he's always like shouting out and giving love to other artists. So yeah, yeah it sounds like there's some people who need to take um, some examples from that. Instead of pitting yourself against people, maybe let's take some accountability and saying like, hey, imitation is the best way of flattery. And I will say Hello. that I did imitate this style because I was flattered by it, not because I'm trying to take. Yes. Uh, okay. So last episode, we talked about some God of War, some Kratos, some Christopher yes. Judge. Like <laughs> <laughs> we all love a little Kratos here in our lives. We love a God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so a couple of things, Kylie saw some things and I'm like, girl, you sure, <laughs> are you falling into another trap? It's real. It's so real. I, bruh, the trolls, the trolls be getting me. I have not spent enough time online to recognize the bull, apparently. And so, um, so apparently, um, remember how I was saying last episode where I'm like, where is this, where is this information coming from? Who was getting mad? I want to know who's getting mad or are these just articles being like racially charged for clicks? Like, you know, I, I always have my skepticisms. So we're not worried about Thor anymore. We love thick boy Thor. We love thick boy Thor who drinks ales and just is able to rip logs in half right after. By the way, I took that comment from Nicole Boaz. So just imitation is the best flattery here. Thanks, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, going on to Angraboda who is a uh, Jotun, if I say that correctly, Jotun, Jotun, from Norse mythology. She is the wife of Loki in Norse mythology. Uh, mm-hmm. Is also played by a little Black girl in God of War, Ragnarok, who is going to be voiced by um, Leia de Leon Hayes. Yes. Uh-huh. Leah De Oh God, I'm butchering the name. I'm so sorry, girl. I'm so sorry, girl. I I don't think you're ever gonna listen to this, but I'm so sorry, girl. But um, but uh yeah, so apparently people are so mad about this little girl in this game, a fictional character from Norse mythology, that she is black and that there is some whitewashing happening to accurately portray the character in Norse mythology. It's the same way that we whitewashed Jesus. So with that being said, I don't know, Kylie, you, you're the one who saw the, you saw the reports here. You got to so report I kept, it. I kept seeing <laughs> on Instagram, like the, the original um, artwork for her 
where she is clearly dark-skinned black woman she's got dreads she's got ethnic hair um all these like ethnic features and then i saw right next to it like they literally just changed her skin color changed her hair and was like oh fixed better and i was like wait did they i was like wait did they change this to like what what happened um and i kept seeing it so consistently that i i thought it was a like a real thing and like i was seeing articles on like the gamer and like i was seeing it pop up on twitter and i was seeing it pop up on instagram and i was just like is this a real thing did they really change this because they were like oh well the relationship between her and like atreus would never have led to like a light-skinned god and i was just like wait yeah. <laughs> wait <laughs> and so no i i was i was fooled i was shook i got got i thought this was a real thing and we was about to have some problems we were about to write some angry letters um to whom it may concern uh <laughs> what so i'm glad that i have people who can fact check because boy was i also still talking about fact checking um earlier uh so you don't base your opinions on some bull girl you better fact check so you don't base your opinions on some bull uh but no it's like fine the reason why i was doubting was because i'm like girl where did you see that because like i didn't see it in my whole like uh, algorithmic generated timelines so I, <laughs> so i was just like where are you seeing this and that's where i was confused but like you know whitewashing characters out of spite is not an is not a new thing like so let's take like a couple of things like a history lesson here so uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, the live action movie, mm -hmm. Katara and Katara's brothers. I almost said Zuko. What's his name? What's that little boy's name? Sokka. Sokka. That's his name. Ooh, I'm going to have pitchforks and, pitchforks and torches at my house later. Um, <laughs> they were whitewashed in the live action movie. And everyone was like, they would never look like that. They are people of the snow. They would look darker, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, and like, obviously that movie flopped. Like it was not a good depiction. It was terrible. Of, it, yeah, was it was bad. a terrible movie. Um, let's talk about Dragon Ball Z Evolution. That was also whitewashed. Mm -hmm. Very, 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 very poorly done live action depiction of Dragon Ball Z. Now, going back to this, I... Uh, there has been history like historical things with like you know looking at an anime character seeing that they're darker skin you're like oh we're gonna whitewash the character for my palatable needs which happened oh, in um nagatoro where people were like why is this a dark skin girl we're gonna make her like a blonde little girl and i'm just like but why but why why do we need to do that when the character was already canon as as a darker skin as a darker skinned schoolgirl, Like there's no reason to change this, but people do this and let's make it the difference here. Now, people change the character's color out of spite, out of hate. They're being, this is very anti-black versus where people are gonna make the counter argument of like, then why do we have redraw Sailor Moon as black? That's not out of spite. That is actually out of appreciation because we all love Sailor Moon, but we all grew up with white passing characters or Asian characters that were very light-skinned. And now we're like, we want some representation. So we just want to imagine a world to see what they would look like as black characters or darker right. skin characters. Or the same thing with like Sailor Pluto. Sailor Pluto is very dark in the comics. Sailor Pluto is getting lighter and lighter each episode of Sailor Moon. So it's like, right. there is a little bit of whitewashing and trying to make it more representative that 
hey, dark-skinned characters can be heroes. Dark-skinned characters can be part of the main canon of the story, which flashback, we talked about this in Representation Matters during our fanime panel. So with this whole hate with this new little girl, where the voice actress is the same voice actress from Doc McStuffins. Like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna disappoint Doc <laughs> McStuffins like that? Like, she, she is cute and does like, you know, child programming and influences the kids. How are you gonna get this character from God of War and just be like, nah, she's a white girl because of she is pale as the pale as the night, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, what does pale as the night mean? What does that mean? Exactly. Well, like, not only that, but it's just, like, she's supposed to be, like, a huntress. She carries antlers. So it's, like, pale of the night. Like, did you not think of, like, maybe it's, like, literally, like, she's hunting at night. And, like, it's just the moon reflecting off her shit. She's carrying around antlers. She's carrying around all this other stuff. Like, she could be dressed in skins that are pale. Like, And the ideology. And, and Kylie, you said this. it It must be the framework of the entire show about research because again these mythological spaces like we i think we continue as a as a as just fans to like discount black people's experience in mythology like we created it we are the the forebearers of it so the fact that like you're portraying scandinavian characters these Vikings that are supposed to be like, oh, blue-haired and, and blonde are not, that's not actually true. Vikings, we had these trade routes and they were trading with Sub-Saharan Africa, North Africa. They were all over the world. They were conquering people all over the world. So racially, these folks were not, you know, homogenous. Like, and the fact that like people can, again, suspend disbelief to belief like Kratos, who's a Greek name and a Greek person is in Norse mythology. You can believe that, but you can't suspend disbelief to believe that like black people can be a part of mythology as well. It's weird to me. It's just like this, this like, I don't know, cognitive dissonance that happens with politics when you just see skin color and you're, you automatically go to that. <laughs> I saw someone online was just like, oh, it's God of Woke now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm like, <you> said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um apparently there was a um the there was a developer who responded to the trolls complaining about Angerboda's race. Um this is also off of PlayStationLifestyle.net, just for those who are like, where did you get this source from? Got it from there. Um so basically, um they saw that, like, you know, according to Twitter, intellectuals is what they call them in the article. Black people never existed in North mythology and there was no Black Vikings. Claims dispute by actual historians, to be clear. As a result, they are angry about Santa Monica Studios' representation of Angerboda so much so that they are trying to school developers. Kind of reminds me of the scientists. It reminds me of the intellectuals on social media about the vaccine. But I digest and getting appropriately shut down. Um, So they said, in God of War 3, do they also realize that they have blue dwarves in Norse mythology, which there's blue dwarves in God of War 3. Writer and story lead Matt Sophos asked one troll, was Loki the son of a Greek demigod? Because Atreus is the son of Kratos in this game, which is not mythology-wise canon. 
And then he also continues, he goes, please show me the edits where it says that all Yotin were lily white. Let me save you the time. You can't. I've read them. Then the troll wasn't having it. I wish I had the actual thread. The troll wasn't ha having it. They catapulted themselves into the future in the posit that the God of War eventual Egyptian series won't have the white mythology characters to avoid double standards. Oh, wait, there's an Egyptian series? There's an oh, Egyptian series. And that is Oh, my God. God of War's Egyptian saga comes what? after, which is why huh? it could be a foreshadowing. Oh, Girl, my God. There's a reason we're rocking this today. Oh my God! Know. There's going to be Egyptian mythology. Yes. Holy shit! Cleopatra the Sphinx. What? Let me finish off this article before I start screaming. <laughs> so, he continues. You do know Yotin aren't real, right? Sophus continues. They can be anyone or anything. Some are even giant serpents. But I get it. You're only okay with the the Yormagander because his scales were white, right? Well, good luck to you. I hope you can find a game that better fits your sensibilities. And then the oh. guy can, the article continues. There are many things that one can aspire to be when they grow up. Just don't be like the first name bunch of numbers on Twitter, which I oh. was like, Ugh. so basically he was like, I'm not having your, your whitewash bullshit. I get to have whatever crack ship I want crack cannon i want in my video game F yeah off. but also there's gonna be a chips and series oh my god yes this is not the a way. way this is the way sorry i'm like now hype because i i love this game i've been playing this game forever i love this game i'm actually going through god of war 3 right now and i can't wait to like redo the story nice. so i'm ready for the next one yes it's going to be dope like that that's the whole thing is like when characters are foreshadowed for something else like people are jumping into spaces they don't even know they're creating conflicts with things that are like hush just like enjoy what the developers are giving you and shut up nobody yeah. asks for your opinion yeah you're not working mm -hmm. on the game you're just a consumer just eat it up or just go on to the next plate like right it's mythological like why are you why are you put like the whole norse culture is part of a mythological thing like yes there's scandinavian people but we have all these other ideologies so like if you if you are having an issue with that like why are you even playing god of war like that's the part that gets me like this is a mythological thing what is your problem <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so I'm really excited that this game is going to come out. It's going to be like, it's going to be dope. I can't wait to play it. I'm sure you guys are going to hear me playing it. I might even miss a few episodes because I'm playing this game. I might even just like be playing the game like this. I'm like, yeah, I hear you guys. And I might still be doing it. <laughs> I'll stop. Would not put it past her. Right? <laughs> so, uh, just moving along, we're getting to the closing aspects of our show. Uh, we do have a call to action. Some homies from the East Coast, near and dear to our hearts, wreck the system. Yes. Her group of four. They are running a contest right now uh, for the Hollywood Bowl opening act contest. So us as pedestrians to this voting contest, we get to vote once a day. And they are now, what is it, Paris? They're in the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals. So uh, we have a couple more days to vote, four more days to vote. And then they'll make it to the semifinals. So 
once a day you can vote, um, but vote them every day until they until we get them into the semifinals. Yeah, and they're getting very close. Like we want the glow up. Like we love this group. We love this group so much. Like they are just killing it. They're all talented. Like just individuals who've done MacFest, who've done other. I think they did BlurredCon too. Yes, they did. They, they did a number of things. Like. I don't know. And everybody in the group is so versatile. Like, you know, I'm closer with Twill of that group. And Twill is like a web artist, all that jazz. Like, I don't know. I just, I can't really speak for the other members because I have yet to meet them. But one day I shall meet them. So, you know, I'm looking out for you guys, especially- They're all incredibly talented. And yes, I feel like I'm closest to Twill too. She's, she's my sis. So yes, definitely. You gotta, you gotta definitely handle it. But, um, yeah, multifaceted, multi-talented. Um, they can do everything. Dance, exactly. sing, rap, like do art, tune comics, like they can do everything. <laughs> they, can, they can definitely do everything. So please vote for them. You can find it on theopeningact.com slash 2021 slash rec dash the dash system. Or you just go onto their Facebook page and they're just blasting it every single day. They're like, do it. We got this. We got this. Help us. Help us. So please contribute to the cast. And then let's go ahead and go on to Big Move Monday. So our boy, Grayson. A-K-A, you know, like, look, he can do any manifestations of Dick Grayson you want because, you know, he's been everything from Maverick to Ronan to now to Grayson. But, like, he he can, he can, next, well, he was Nightwing. So, like I said, he's he's all the super, super like, hero personas of Dick Grayson that you can think of. He is um, a Gotham hero, for sure. Yes. He's the Gotham hero that needs to be heard. So, yes, he just released his part two of Identity Crisis titled Maverick. And he also teamed up with Natsu Fuji. So check out the album. It's on everything. Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. Like just anywhere that plays music, you'll, you're going to find that album. So please check it out. Like him and his homie just like, you know, whipped up something that's always nice. And he's like, you know, I really love how humble he is and like how he really cares about what he's doing, you know? Like he's just a big sweetheart. Gamer really- not a gangster hashtag. That's what you gotta, yes. Gamer <laughs> not a gangster. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. So yeah, please check out that uh, album. Like he's always pushing through. And he's also, you know what he just started doing? He started to do the beat duets with Bill Beats. Yes. That are fire. Yeah, so check those out. Like Bill Beats is like, okay, I'm on TikTok. Here's a beat duet with me. And then he got people in in it like, like, you know, Mav, or sorry, Grayson's doing it. And then (laughs) I I saw one from Damn Celine. So I'm like, I'm for it. This is great. So, um, yeah, so I guess that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, our original home, SoundCloud. Thank you, Prowlers, for joining us today and forever. 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 Forever, ever. Forever, ever. And we're not sorry, Ms. Jackson, because this was a beautiful unification of women here. So, like, this is great. I'm really, really happy that we're here. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Boys Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on, on our individual um, social medias. You find me at sometimes underscore B, or sorry, sometimes underscore B. You, 
can find Kylie uh, Too Smart at Too Smart Kai. Uh, Prowess, let everybody know where they can find you. My name is Prowess on everything. My name is Prowess on everything. So at my name is Prowess. So yeah, um, if you guys have any questions about the show, please email us at don'tcastanddrive.com spelled don'tcastanddrive. And then lastly, I need to make this more obvious because they did me a huge favor, but beats and music shout out to the episodes, the intro, the outro, the duration of this episode. The Rap Nerd, of course. We also got DJ Tayukin and Mark Cooper for keeping us lifted within the show. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys for helping us out with like, you know, the aesthetics of the show. Um, so yeah, guys, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, bitch. Bye. <laughs>